Hello, Annie Trenders. Welcome to the Grotaku, hosted by the ladies of anime trending. If you're looking for nice tea and deep dive analysis about otaku things, you've come to the right place. We love our conversation and discussion. And we're back with another fun topic on the table. My name is Gracie, and I'm joined by... Hello, I am Isabel, and... This is Agnes. So, without further ado, the Girl Taku today will be about anime fan service, or specifically what we think about it, because today we're just going to take it a little more freeform. There's no need specifically for any particular discussions on specific anime or, you know, whether one anime has good fan service or bad fan service. I think fan service as a topic in anime has been quite contentious, contentious throughout the years, and I think it would just be good to hear everyone's thoughts in regards to how they feel about this particular element of the anime because there's quite a bit of it and you know and we will be talking about both fan service when in context of female characters as well as male characters for that matter uh so with that being said i'll go ahead and just say it straight out fan service is not meant for me and i mean it on a physical level of both guys and girls uh for guys when it's like fan service with them with the shirtless scenes and stuff like that they're not as egregious for me, but then I still can't help but burst out laughing sometimes when I see 10 packs on their stomachs, which, you know, we kind of talked about briefly before here, but like sometimes they have like, like, you know, they just, they are just ripped to the nth degree to the point it just doesn't really seem very realistic anymore. And that just kind of makes me laugh really, really hard. And it completely distracts me from the moment. Uh, I actually hadn't met you two yet, Isabel and Agnes, but back in the day, at the very beginning of anime trending, uh, there was one anime I watched where the it was like a serious moment and the guy like took his shirt off because he was supposed to like, commit seppuku and then it showed he had like 10 abs and it was like i lost all seriousness in that moment i was just laughing so hard and he was already attractive without the abs in all honesty so the fact that they thought he needed to add it in was just it just blew my mind it was so funny to me uh, I think one of probably the most famous of the fan service when it comes to when it comes geared towards women, at least physically speaking, is probably free with their muscles and like a lot of shirtless scenes because they're swimming. But once again, I didn't really care for that at all. Like I know it's a huge part of it. I know girls love it. It's just not for me. So I'm very consistent on the fact that Fan service, I'm kind of eh, about. I'd really rather never have it, in all honesty. Um, so that's so that's my so so that's sort of how where I stand in regards to fan service as a whole. And you know, I, I'm curious about you two. Are you guys generally like? Are you guys more biased when you see guys provide fan service than girls? I mean, probably for obvious reasons because of the fact that you guys are more attracted to men, etc. But, you know, is there a line somewhere? And, you know, if there is a bias, if it's more than just, oh, because I'm attracted to guys and not girls, and there's, like, additional reasons, let's explore that as well. Yeah, for me, I have, I'm, like, okay with the fan service. Obviously, I'm biased, especially when it's obviously, like, the fan service is directed towards males in terms of, you know, having girls on the screen. Um, And so that kind of, like, throws me off. And then, but then when it's like for males on the screen, for example, like free, I, I had, I like don't pay attention to the muscles at all. Like, I feel like I'm like way off in that sense because when I was watching free, I was like, why is everyone's like saying this is fan service, right? And I was like, 
but guys have to go swimming without their shirts on. You know, what's the problem with that? Um, and so I wasn't paying attention to the fan service. I feel like, like I was more attracted to like their face, like their hair and then like the way that the eyes mm-hmm. are drawn. Like I was more drawn to the art. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that that's always been a thing with me. Like even in real life, I feel like muscles are like, okay, I'll look at it. But it's like, it doesn't really, you know, do like I'm not super attracted to it i don't know why but then i think because i've been exposed to it more like ever since free and other shows and then people are saying oh muscles are a thing or even now you know people are more getting into like health and then um going to the gym or stuff like that now i kind of see it more but for me it's always been a little bit of a weird spot like i'm not always like oh my god i need to see this this person or man with abs and then uh that's fan service for me it's more of I guess maybe even like just yeah just their the way that they're drawn and the art style really and especially their face I think that's it that's at least how I perceive fan service to me which is probably different from a lot of girls probably um but yeah those are my initial thoughts what about you Agnes so this was kind of a an interesting topic because I remember when I was much younger I was like very like anti-fan service because I was just like why are boobs tits and ass like standing out like what's the point of having this fan service because like it doesn't serve a practical purpose right a lot of the fan service is just there for eye candy but it didn't really like help the plot or doesn't really like accentuate the character or anything like that so for for a good portion i think of my childhood i was like fan service is bad (laughs) that was my starting point but then as i realized as i got older and then when i found out coincidentally that i am actually bi and not as straight as i thought i was it was like, oh, maybe I do like fan service, but they have to be somewhat tasteful. Mm. And at some points, I also agree that fan service, in a way, is not just because you're looking because you're lusting for a particular type of person and for like their pecs, their abs, their their boobs, and their ass. But at some point, it's also a weird sense of like Id- um idolization for certain body types as well. Um, so, for instance, I'm going to give an example of Baki. Baki is massive male fan service. And this is not aimed at females, but this yeah, is aimed at males say, yeah. because it's just pure muscles. You know, it's these guys doing like a bunch of really macho actions. And it really gets a lot of guys like Nico and a lot of other guys that I know who watch things like JoJo's Bizarre Adventure and stuff like that really hyped up because it's like these big macho men are doing the impossible and they have like these really ideal like bodybuilder type of... um type of physiques i guess and so there's a lot of guys that are really into that as the reverse of fan service not being something that's lustful but being something that is an ideal that you would like to watch but on the other hand you don't really want to work for that body type anyway you're just there to admire at how physically strong or physically attractive or how like slim or busty that they look and the same thing goes for some females too like even if you aren't someone who likes females in the same capacity as like lusting or romance romanticizing them you can appreciate a really good shoujo female that's written like really powerfully and that she has like great assets that come with it too so i think there's like that really interesting flip side for it and at the end of the day i ended up having this ideology of like you know what as long as the fan service is tasteful and it's not being used as like a constant gag like i'll just let it slide for now and just watch the rest of the anime and just pretend like it's not there <laughs> okay but like i where, like tasteful things yeah i was about to ask you know where where the line for you in regards to tasteful so the line that i draw in terms of fan service in which like it's egregiously bad and doesn't make sense for plot is fire force 
Oh. There's a very oh, particular where, like, character. The clothes randomly like fly off of her or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. So the the for the character, I don't know. If, did you two watch Fire Force by any chance? It was the same manga that was written by Soul Eater's mangaka. I watched the first core and then I dropped it because it bored me. <laughs> yeah. So okay. So Fire Force has a lot of other issues in addition to it being very boring, and I also agree. Do you remember in the first core there's that one girl who's like who turns into like a fire cat sort of thing? Yeah. She has like the cat teeth and she goes meow or something like that yeah and then like because of the of her abilities she has to strip is like the one thing oh, and i'm just I don't like remember. you don't i must have like wiped you, that off my memory you must have wiped that off because that was a very key integral part was that if she had to activate her powers in any capacity she has to actually strip mm. And that was definitely, and then she always acts so shy because she's supposed to be like a sundere being like, don't look at me because I have to strip because of my powers. And I'm just like, bitch, you either own it or you don't have it in your character development. Oh, other I know characters exactly what you're saying because it's almost like the appeal is that you get a peek at a woman who's not comfortable with it. Like that's the Yeah, appeal. and it's just like. No, you just own it. Like, if you gotta own it, be like Rihanna, right? You gotta oh, own that shit. She owns it. I oh. agree with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> See? So, like, that is fan service that I find very tasteful because I'm just, like, a powerful queen who doesn't give a shit and it looks fabulous. Applause. 100%. But if you're gonna be, like, cute and shy about it, being like, oopsies, I have a nip slip, it's like, that's so boring. It's the <laughs> whole, the hell? like, it's the whole concept that, you know, if I may uh, bring up Barbie very briefly. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But it's the whole concept of the duality of living as a woman sometimes. It's like, you have to be sexy, but not too sexy like you want it, you know? And that's, and yeah, exactly. that's what she represents versus, you know, Rihanna as a, as a person, you know, she, she's sexy and she knows it and she owns it. She owns yeah, it, and so, right? And that's what and I, it's like, and that's what I like about some fan service anime if it's done tastefully is that if the women and the men like own up to it and that they're very confident about what they do with like their bodies and they don't mind what they're wearing like in fire force you know you have that girl tamaki oh that's her name tamaki is the cat girl mm -hmm. right but then you have on the flip side you have um the the pink haired lady the one that like controls all the men in her division oh, right yes yeah, she's like, she's like sexy. And I'm just like, okay, well, I'll stand with that. I know like she's a terrible villain and she has terrible motives because story writing was really bad for Fire Force. But I'll give props to her that she's very sexy and she owns that fan service part of the anime and the series. Mm -hmm. And that that is done tastefully. So like, that's an example of Fire Force where like, it has like its merits of having very fan service -y characters that can be done really well and then other characters that fall super duper flat oh another character that's really great in fire force and i think a lot of people agree with me with this one is the um the girl who's always called the gorilla in fire force uh what's her name i think it's maki right i don't know this one sorry yeah maki oze so like she she's the, the super buff one um, and that I think a lot of guys and a lot of guys and girls in uh, who watch Fire Force really like Maki because she's super buff, mm -hmm. and that she kind of owns the. Oh, she she kind of gets a bit mad when people call her like, "Oh, you're a gorilla," but like she brings asset to the team by being the gorilla because nobody else is as strong as her. Oh, I and mean, has as Kohaku also gets upset when Senku calls her a gorilla woman from Doctor. Right, Stone. yeah, and I think that that in itself is like a weird duality between like 
what people find sexy in physical strength and what they don't find sexy in physical strength. Mm-hmm. But as long as it's like used right in a certain series, it has a lot of appeal. Yeah. No, and I totally agree with you because I can bring up and, you know, hold your horses, guys. I'm actually about to praise Jobless Reincarnation here. But, um, oh. right. Like, East Lane from Jobless Reincarnation. Oh, East Lane. Yeah. yeah. She barely wears any clothes but the way that she owns it about herself where it it just feels natural like it really doesn't matter and if anything like her lack of clothes somehow does genuinely make her feel stronger I mean there's one thing which is the character design um and the fact that she has abs like you can very clearly see she has muscles and abs uh, like with her lack of clothes but she also you know has large boobs as well and at one point she didn't even care at all when like Rudy was trying to be all like her her sexual harassment again be like oh let me touch your butt if you know if like you want me to do this or something like that and she just did it and it led to like an interesting conversation about like the biology of her body because she's not human so they're the way they're um biologically the way that her body is 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 just different from humans and it, that was like a curious thing and that was actually a part where I was like oh that is kind of interesting how they added that in because she has some more animalistic parts of her body which makes sense because she is like either a cat or a fox or a wolf woman she's a wolf woman and so um but yeah geese lane i think is like a perfect example of similar to what you were saying about like when a woman owns it like yeah she shows a lot of skin but my gosh does that woman own it and it didn't bother me whatsoever in the slightest Mm -hmm. and i think over time and maybe I'm being a lot more hypocritical than I was before where I was like, I don't like harem animes because fan service. But I think the appeal for a lot of things like um, Data Live, for example, where there's a lot of fan service, I guess, question work with a lot of the female leads. Because there is so much variety between the female leads and there's so many seasons to develop all of them makes them a lot more appreciative than just like the baseline fan service. And I think at the end of the day, fan service just, pro- just is like clickbait. Okay, so I see what you're saying about that's that. That's what draws yeah. people. It draws people initially into the story and that they stay for it because they think like, oh, it's going to get like more sexually interesting because her der der drama, right? Just like how Rudius is like trying to elicit some sort of reaction from people who he sexually harasses or whatever, right? But at the end of the day, when the story with the exception of maybe jobless reincarnation, but a lot of other harem stories, at one point they stop doing that and then the plot progresses very normally. Right, but then when they do that, I'm like, why do you need to do it in the first place? Oh, well, I mean, you answered it already. It's the clickbait, but I don't want the it's clickbait. It's the clickbait because there's <laughs> because there's the perceived thought that you need to always continue to have clickbait. That's how society uh... works. That's how all the sens- sensationalism in media works is that if you want to have drama, the easiest way to create drama without being authentic is to have clickbait. I hate it. <laughs> I hate that they have to do Unfortunately, that. Unfortunately, we all, I think, I think we're all under the consensus that we really hate clickbaity fan service and would like something that's more substantial or characters that are very fleshed out. But unfortunately, that's not how the society works and how the publishing industry, at least in Japan, works. Yeah, that's true. Um, what was I going to say? I, I had a thought. Oh, yes. But uh, what you were saying about how you realize, like, you know, it's with the body type, it's with the personality of the characters and stuff like that. It just reminded me of a hilarious tweet that I do think is relevant to our topic discussion is, uh, so Demon Slayer, one of the Hashiras is the love Hashira. She has a cleavage and her costume is pretty revealing. Not to the point of shonen revealing, I, or I mean, 
Demon Slayer is shonen, but not to the stereotypical point of a shonen revealing, but it's like enough where it's like, yes, yeah, sometimes her boobs do a little bounce, you know, once in a while. Yeah, it's not like fairy tale. Yeah, yeah, like right, right, exactly. This is just like a slit in her cleavage, yeah. and she wears like a skirt rather than like pants, because I think most of the Demon Slayer core still wears like right. Pants. Even Shinobu wears pants, but she wears a skirt, and right. um, and there was at most there was one time where we got a boob bouncing scene because she was running down the stairs and Tanjiro being Tanjiro was like excuse me your boobs are about to spill out I need to close your chest because that's just like his character um but uh but essentially there was a hilarious tweet online that went viral where they're like you know as a feminist I don't approve of this unrealistic costume for demon fighting but as a lesbian uh, I think I also identify with that now that I've realized that I'm a bit bi. And I'm just like, uh, yeah, I see that. That's what I think of with this topic because it's like that duality where it's like, you know, as a woman, I recognize it's a little unfair that she gets such like an unrealistic costume when all the other men are like covered up and stuff like that in ways that makes complete sense. But it's like, oh, but am I attracted to her? <laughs> so. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> or you don't have to be attracted to them but you can recognize like that's a cute outfit right, right? right yeah. or like that is like an aesthetically pleasing outfit like as much as i don't like like let me give you another example of like a shonen that does like a lot of like um boob cleavage like both one piece bleach and fairy tale have a lot of women that have a lot of cleavage but my god they are designed really well like aesthetically aside from just cleavage and but, like, they have other things on them that makes them look really attractive. And they all have very attractive personalities, too. Bleach, maybe not, but, you know. Well, um, actually, well, no, Hattie Bell from Bleach is very attractive, again, we so. We can't the, the effect Bleach had on street fashion, which is insane. and <laughs> tells you the type right, of exactly, fashion design yeah. he had, so. <laughs> as, as they say in the slang, is like, Bleach gave, Bleach had the street cred. Right, right? <laughs> yeah, no, I saw, um. This is slightly off topic, but it reminded me of it. I did see a video from a uh, a black guy who is an anime fan, and he he doesn't really have a large following. I don't even know how I found it accidentally, but specifically, he wanted to talk about how there were people, other you know, black anime fans in his comments, or just black people as a whole, talking about oh, but anime doesn't give representation, and when they do, it's terrible and stuff like that. So he was kind of going through each of them, and then he got to Bleach, and he was like, Bleach. Bleach is just on a different level when it comes to style, yeah. when it comes to character design. And it was like, look at the clothes. Look at the clothes. And that's what I remembered very Bleach is pure swag <laughs> yeah. through and through. You can say we have so much to talk about with Bleach about how crappy the story was. Nothing makes sense. Ichigo's over, like, overly powered. But everyone has swag <laughs> in that series. Like, you cannot mm-hmm. deny that. And that makes it very attractive. Even, like, a lot of the villains have a lot of swag. Like, I remember, like, Hattie Bell was really attractive when she first mm-hmm. came out. Everyone was super excited. Um, Unohana had, like, a big glow up from being, like, this cute, you know, medic captain to being, like, a bloodthirsty killer with a lot of swag, too. So, yeah, there's that. Yeah, no, it's really good. But, okay, on that note, though, I kind of want to go back to what you were saying, Isabel, when you were saying how fan service for you is really not about the body, but it's like their faces and I, I think you said eyes or facial expressions is that right yeah facial expressions as well um 
And yeah, so what did you want to talk about with that? Is that something that you look for as well? Or can you see I that do. as fan service? Or, I, or is it more like character well, design? Well, here's, here's the difficult thing and then why I wanted to talk about it with you. So yes, I'm in line with you, Isabel. That's definitely the stuff that makes my heart go fuzzy, fuzzy, wuzzy, wuzzy, you know, sort of thing. Um, but mm. I think it, you know, it is a big question of does it count as fan service? Because one thing is very clear. This, what you are just talking about is the female gaze. And um, so the male gaze versus the female gaze has been spoken about in media for a very long time. And I even wrote an article about it. And so essentially the female gaze is sort of the lens, the landscape of the world through a woman's eyes. And anything written by women, you'll see that there is a particular focus on their actions, their face, their eyes, even for the men. And honestly, like what I think of, from the top of my head because it most recently aired is my happy marriage. And I don't know, like, you know, I don't know if people consider this to be fan service or not, but Kudo, he is this very beautiful, attractive man. He spends the entire series extremely covered up. He is a very covered up person, but it feels so intimate at times when you're watching the show because of the angles and the perception of how the story was being told, where you see his expressions change, where you see the way his eyes light up when he sees her. And of course, you know, kudos to the voice acting, you know, when his tone, when his voice hitches or, um, or it dips because of concern. And so it's like, it's I I understand what you're saying because I'm like it does feel very quote unquote fan servicey because I feel very serviced as a fan seeing those moments. But typically when we think of fan service, we think of much more physical sort of things. So, uh, but but really, I I'm like, is there maybe just a difference in fan service? Like, is that considered fan service? But you know, women female gaze fan service. I don't know, and that's like a. Uh, that's a question I have and I don't know what you think about this because it's like it sounds like for you that that is the fan service to you right Isabel yeah that's more of the fan service to me and like you said yeah I you know when I was watching happy my my happy marriage uh you know I was attracted to Kudo because of those things like the way that he treated her and like you said the expressions as well but then there's nothing physical about him other than yes he can you know he's very powerful in terms of his um, abilities but but it's just like the way so it's like a whole package all together so it's like it's very different than i feel like maybe how females might see it versus how males might be more uh, attracted to obviously the physical traits or see that more often and yeah i don't know maybe there's also something for the male gaze as well that you know females do as a package that obviously i'm not seeing <laughs> because i only see the physical parts as well uh, so it's a hard thing. I don't like, because you know it's part of the character as well. Um, so I think I don't think there's a good answer for it just because it could be personality and maybe the way it's written, but it's not like outwardly fan service. Um, it might be, but yeah, I'm not too sure either. Agnes, what do you think about that? Mm, that's a hard one to say. Initially, I was going to go with the idea of it's because females in general we tend to be more sensitive or pick up body language. And that also includes like facial expressions a lot more keenly than men versus some men are more attracted to the more pronounced parts, which is like, you know, 
the 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 physical assets that's in the front and not necessarily like facial expressions and being like covered up and stuff but i can't really say that's the true that is actually true in real life either because there are definitely men who are very in tune to people's like body language and facial expressions things like that and there are obviously girls who lust more about the body than really the guy's face the guy's face being cute is a bonus but it doesn't always have to be that way either um, so I don't really have an answer or maybe a theory on why a character like Kudo works so well for the female gaze as opposed to a female that suits that kind of like proportions or criteria for the male gaze. I can't really pinpoint a reason either. So sorry, I don't have one. I, I was thinking like, you know, a parallel to what it would be for men if it's not physically i don't see this in anime i see this because i've seen compilations of men who you know confess to things quote unquote and one thing i've often seen from men is that it feels really good if like a woman just compliments them on the way they look that day or oh, the way they're dressed yeah so i feel like if we ever see that in an anime like that would be their softer version of the male gaze or like i don't know it, it's it's the male gaze for them but not in the physical sexualized way that we're used to seeing and you know agnes you were about to say something <laughs> No, no, no. I was just thinking more about that because I was like, yeah, no, you're right. There's there's some part of the male gaze that would like the soft affection from a female in that strictest saying rather than just like her assets. Um, and I wonder if that's just the same for both sexes in that gen in that sense, too, is that there's one side that is very like, oh, yes, the assets, the physical assets are great. But then on the softer end, maybe if you're a bit more of a mature audience, then you would prefer those softer moments. Like with Kudo, it's like you don't really care so much about what he looks like underneath or what his physical prowess is or like how good of a job he has or whatever. But you're really more in tune with that he's very mature. He's not always emotionally there, but he definitely cares a lot for Mio and doesn't like abuse her or anything like that and that's like the ideal man versus and then for men on the other hand is like you don't you can have a girl that has like you know very great assets but if she doesn't care for you then there's no payoff for it i either, almost think right? it's like the small compliments though because you know as women we're used to receiving small compliments just from our girlfriends around us you know like right. yeah, like, yeah, yeah, i yeah, see yeah, you yeah. and i and i think you're dressed amazing like i've never hesitated to be like agnes you look amazing you know and that's very typical oh yeah, yeah, of yeah, me yeah. as well if i'm dressed a particular way that's different my the, the women in my workplace almost immediately notice they always have noticed and they're like gracie you're dressed so good and so we're very used to receiving these small compliments and they definitely make our day and it makes us feel very good but i feel like the quantity to which we receive it just can't even get compared to the lack of it from the men's side and so i think that's why when a woman is saying these things to them for example like the one where it's like you know if i just get complimented by a woman like not even saying she's attractive to me but just saying like oh you look so good today with the way you're dressed it feels like their entire day changes and so they're i, I guess they're kind of starved if i put it that way <laughs> actually no i think that's right because i remember i had this conversation before with one of my good male friends uh, he's in medical school right now and he used to tell me and actually I witnessed one of this too we would be walking around campus let's say we're going from like class A to class B 
and it will be during interview season. So interview season for a lot of graduate schools happen during the spring, mm -hmm. right? Between like mid, like late winter to early spring is when, you know, you start getting interviews and you start seeing a lot of people walking around campus wearing suits, right? Suits are dressing up very nicely. And my male friend would notice that there's these guys, you know, wearing suits, they're getting ready to go to an interview. And because he's aware that they're going to an interview and he knows what it feels like to be like, anxious to be scared especially for these interviews because these are really important this is like this is what determines their future he will go up to them or when they're in passing and he'll be like hey you look really good in that suit today i hope you ace your interview and that immediately like lights up the other person like they are so thrilled to get just one compliment even from a guy right in that sense right. so i think you are a little bit more on point with the idea that a lot of guys are pretty compliment starved i guess of these things because it's not readily enforced it's not something that is readily done in our society you may get more of it if like you're going to a gym between guys like some guys would be like really impressed with like how much weight you're pulling or they'll be like oh man you look really great because you like you got really good nice biceps or whatever but out in the open men don't get complimented that easily unless like they're with family right like their mom being like oh look at my cute son but then even then it's oh yeah biased. like the mom be like my <laughs> handsome man <laughs> you know, that sort of yeah, thing. yeah 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 no i think yeah it's interesting i, I think that's an interesting discussion it's like it do those counts count as fan service i don't know i could see the effects being what fan service should have because i did like i said i, I get my heart flutters when yamada and the anime specifically went oh i'm busted aren't i when she asked if she if he liked her i was just like oh like, you know, like shivers across the body and once again there's no nothing physical happening over there so i don't know it's a good question um but I guess in that case, that also makes us very mature viewers as well, because we've stepped, like I said, we've stepped past like the physical attributes of what makes a character. And we're more in tune with the idea of like how they treat us the and things like that and the compliments that we receive from the opposite sex or the same sex. Right, so yeah. that's at least I think for us, because we've matured, because we've seen so much, our version of fan set fan service is just the smallest things rather than the physical attributes. It's what's down inside, right? Right. Um, oh, but okay. But what I was also going to ask you guys is I'm curious if any of you guys have any sort of fan service nose. Like the second you see it, it just annoys the crap out of you. For example, mine is when the two boobs are not bouncing at the same time. <laughs> it every single time. I just cannot but get annoyed with it because I just want to be like, that's not how boobs work. If you're going to make them bounce, make them both bounce. And so they, one cannot go up and the other one cannot go down at the same time. They're either both up or they're both down. Get it right. And it just drives me nuts. So that's one of like my weird fan service quirks of like, no, I do not like this. Stop it. And I'm curious if any of you two have anything similar to that. <laughs> Let's see. For me, I think it's like, especially in battles, I guess, uh, like if there's a shot, like a panty shot, mm. and then like you see through the legs, it's just like, why do we need this shot here? Like, like, I always, like High School of the Dead. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Like, it's just like, why Why do we have to see it this way? It's like, it doesn't really add anything to me. It just throws me off. Like in the middle of a fight, it seems like, you know, something's intense, intense right, is going to happen. The but then, isn't right either. Yeah, it mm -hmm. just I just pull, pulls me completely out of context. Obviously, if it's made for something more funny, then I would be a little bit more accepting. But in the middle of a battle, it, it's just like, I, I don't know why it's there. And yeah, it just, it doesn't help my enjoyment. Um, obviously, I won't drop the series just because of that type of shot. But it does make me question in the moment, like, what, like how or 
who chose to have this there does it actually do anything for anyone um but yeah that's like the one thing that i'm like completely thrown off by yeah i agree i think for me it's definitely for especially for boobs i think anime has a really hyper fixation on boobs and panties when it's not really necessary for the scene because i'll give two examples right like we'll have like high school of the dead where high school of the dead there are boob jiggles when the the rifle goes off but the boobs also work as a stabilizer when the rifle goes off right and that to me doesn't make sense or like let's say in high school of the dead there's that one female character who just uses like a, a wooden sword and when she dodges a bullet the bullet has to weave between the valley of her boobs to get to the intended target and i'm like well <laughs> this makes this makes no sense whatsoever i hate this but on the other hand there are there is some fan service that is tasteful because it's almost not necessary in combat but it's a thing that happens in combat right so i think i mentioned this a lot in the podcast but finest assassin has a very interesting like snip like snapshot of when one of the characters whips out a um a bow staff that's a collapsible bow staff but she has to reach it from underneath her skirt to grab it right because carrying around a bow staff is very impractical it's usually about the same height or even taller than you so you can't carry it around a concealed and b enough that it won't hinder you from when you move so you have to kind of stash it away somewhere and so for her she stashes it away underneath her skirt in a garter and when the scene shows, it flips to her thigh where she takes out the bow staff from the garter belt and like snaps it open and then starts fighting. And that to me, I think was tasteful because like it happens. Like there there are going to be moments in a fight where like the panty or the shot may be revealed because you're trying to do something with it as opposed to let's say maybe doing like a flip in the air and then the camera deliberately moves to the panties. Yeah, that's an issue. I don't really see much merit in that, but like in the sense that you're reaching for a weapon or something that's strapped to your thigh or is like behind your back, then maybe yes, you will see like a flash of skin or something like that. And I was just like, this is acceptable in my book at least. I also remember you messaging me because you were like, this might be the first time where a panty shot isn't just like white panties, like just white plain panties. Yeah, yeah, it's not white panties. Yeah. <laughs> Japan has a weird hyperfixation with white panties, but it's white and striped panties because to them, it's like a sign of like innocence and Wait, purity stripes? as opposed to Why like stripes considered. Yes. <laughs> because it's a childish oh, thing. Oh, <laughs> It's a child. It's like a quote unquote like childish pattern oh. to wear, as opposed to like yeah. the pure white. So it's either of those two that are constantly featured. So white is the most prevalent because it's like purity or whatever, right? That's like the maximum level you can get. But striped is like the unexpected because it's not white, kind okay. of thing. And so that is like a quote unquote a little surprise for people who really like the fan service of that. And I'm just like, okay, there's no, there's really no point of that. But at least in Finest Assassins, the girls are wearing lingerie. And I'm just like, okay, you had balls to put lingerie <laughs> in your series. Good for you. I applaud this. And guess what? It was, it was yellow and black. And I'm like, yellow and black are very in colors. Like that is a I very like appealing I color scheme. I remember you messaging me be like, you know what they're wearing is actually cute. Like girls would wear this. <laughs> Yeah, like I would say it's cute. <laughs> Cause like sometimes you go into like Victoria's Secret or you go or you pass by a laundry shop and there are some colors where you're just like, mm, that doesn't work, that looks weird, or that looks too plain. And then you look at some other bolder colors or like more um how do you would you say it? More muted colors and you'll be like, Oh, this looks good, right? So like it's a matter of a aesthetic taste, I guess, question mark. So 
I, I, in all, it might, it might also be I'm really sick of seeing the very typical like white and well, no, you're right. Ever since you pointed that out to me, I can't like unsee it because whenever it happens, I'm just like, yeah, why are like I know why the girls are always wearing white because it's like you said the whole purity thing. But I'm like, if I'm like realistically, we like cute underwear, <laughs> like so. Yeah. Um. So that's like so that's probably more realistic in that regard. <laughs> Right, exactly. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I mean, lace is a nice thing too. Like, as much as we're like, we're a feminist, we can wear whatever we want. We don't have lace to reveal ourselves. Blah, 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 lace is pretty. Lace is pretty and lace is hard work. <laughs> like, actually, like, I watched a, a YouTube video about how they used to make like Victorian oh, lace. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I have a lot of respect for like people who make lace. Like, not like, underwear lace but like dollies and like lace that you would wear like in the victorian era and i'm like okay i respect it it looks nice it's hard work if you put on an underwear it looks great yeah no actually (laughs) any sort of clothes making videos of the past it's just sort of fascinating because just the amount of skill that you had to have to like create these things and then so many people knew how to do it it's like insane you know but i guess I guess right, maybe yeah. to them, us learning, us being able to type with our eyes closed is probably incredible. <laughs> so, like, yeah, I guess context <laughs> kind of matters, but I don't know. It's just very incredible from the modern eye. To... <laughs> uh, okay, so then I guess this leads me to another question, because I do have several questions I'm curious about is, you know, as of recent years, people have been discussing about the disturbing factor that a lot of times these fan service are done on underage girls, specifically teens who are very much not adults. So I'm taking characters like Ghislaine out of the equation. Ghislaine is very much an adult woman. She has consent and she flaunts that body because she knows she can flaunt that body. So, um, but I'm talking about stuff like teenagers, for example, Marin being one of the most popular examples here. And I think Marin is kind of an interesting one because on one hand she is very confident in her body so it it doesn't seem out of character for her to be constantly flaunting it for you know uh, pushing up her boobs or you know getting a good shot of her butt or anything like that but then at the same time there there are a lot of people uh, uh, women who unfortunately was very sexualized since they were young because their body grew in faster than others and also um you know some older men who are like I don't know, like, I get that she's very body confident in herself, but she's still a 16-year-old girl, so it's like, even if the story should be capable of portraying her being body confident without fan service shots, so... I'm kind of curious about your thoughts on this particular topic of these teenage girls who are the ones that are getting the fan service shots in anime. Typically, I would not be okay with it, because I'm just like, it's underage girls... It's it's a difficult topic because we all know that that the the reason why these shows air and they adapt is because they're popular and a lot of the audience, not all of them, but a good majority of the audience is for the male. So there right. is a component of mm-hmm. the male gaze, um, and it can't be helped at the, that point because you're just like, well, they're just doing it for sales. They're just doing it because they want to pump out stuff. They're not so concerned about morality, which is unfortunate because morality should be taken into account of because there are other people watching it, not just girls, but also preteens who are watching it. And maybe their parents are like, you shouldn't be watching this, but they're still watching it anyway. Why do we have so much hentai and porn, for example, right? Um, where was I going to go with this? I'm usually not okay with it. 
But in the context of my dress up, darling, I think it's it's a diff- that one's really difficult because Marin, despite the fact that she also owns it, she also has very questionable tastes in the things that she cosplays. Because when you do cosplaying, at least like from what I understand, you basically pick and choose the things that you want to cosplay as. Um, and a lot of the times cosplayers will get harassed for sexually harassed, especially if they wear something right. revealing. But at the same time, it is something that you do choose to cosplay as. And you have to understand that there there may or may not be consequences that come out of it, which is unfortunate. Like you would hope that for any cosplay, whether it's male or female, you know, everybody has consent and that if you say no, then you then that is that means no, you don't touch them. But for females, it's a double-edged sword because it's both you chose to do this and you reveal your body this way because you want as much many pictures, as much clout as you want for your cosplaying and also well, show, but to that's show off the, the prowess. But that's an issue that, that people always bring up. It's just like just because I am okay with, you know, like to them that's, or I mean, it is a, a, a level of victim blaming, you know, because that's what they always say. It's like, oh, what was the women dressed that night, right. you know? And it's like sometimes the women weren't mm-hmm. even but dressed that way and that... things still happen to them. So, right, exactly. So like I said, that's why it's like a double-edged sword. Like that's why I'm, I'm always still a little bit conflicted with My Dress Up Darling. I watch My Dress Up Darling for the relationship between Gojo right. and Marin, but I can't always say that I agree with Marin's choices for dressing up. For her certain cosplays. If she does it because she's proud of her body, that's fine. But if she was aware of the sexual implications that come with it, then that's that's her thing to do. Right, with. but that's what so that's what people are asking though. Like, is it possible to have portrayed her choosing these very um, you know, sc- uh, scantily cladded uh cosplay characters while not sexualizing? I guess like one way would just be, you know, move the camera up a little. So it's like, yes, she, you know, her her costume has a huge cleavage. So let's focus a little more on her on her face or something like that. Uh, I don't know. That's hard to say because the manga already starts out like that anyway. And it's marketed like that. And then that becomes a question of like, are you faithfully start like carrying over story material are you faithfully like bringing the fans over and making sure that it's popular the way that it is so then that means you have to make an excessive amount of fan service for the anime and it's just annoying to deal with in general i wouldn't have wanted that to happen i would have preferred if they made it a little less fan servicey for mudding but if they're if they're so concerned about sales, if they're so concerned about carrying over the popularity, making sure it's accurate or whatever the excuses that they want, then it is what it is, unfortunately. Okay. Um, I guess what about you, Isabel? And, and, and the topic of, you know, a lot of the times the fan servers are towards teenage female characters. And then, you know, with Maureen being an example where it's like, it's not like, uh, what was her name again from Fire Force where she's like, you know, uncomfortable with it. It's like, she's not like, Oh, yeah, Tamaki. it's not like Tamaki where Martin is very comfortable with showing skin, but um, but people think that they should still um, portray it in a different way. Yeah, I agree. It's it's kind of hard to say because my dress of darling is in that interesting space. If I had to like kind of put it all together, like I do think the series itself is fan service just because of the way that the, yeah. basically the topic of cosplay and then also obviously Maureen just kind of owning up to it and then also wanting to dress this way obviously maybe the author could have made you know different choices but I don't know if you want views then you know it's kind of like clickbait material in a sense um but I do think the fan service in there at least when I was watching the anime I wasn't off put by it maybe I was more accepting of it because I was more uh, you know focused on 
obviously the cosplay aspect and how the clothes are made and stuff like that. In terms of the shots, I think they were like, yeah, I was I wasn't thrown off by them, so I think it was okay. Um, but yeah, in general though, I don't I agree I definitely wouldn't be okay with like underage girls, especially high school is like yeah. almost a good spot, but like middle school or younger is definitely like almost yeah, middle a no. school and younger like no. Yeah, that's a pretty much no. High school is like you know kind of like when you're transitioning and then you know you're going to college later on and. You're kind of nearing the end of your teens as well, so just kind of wanting to be more grown up. And I assume you know some cosplayers might want to dress up older right, than they are. Yes. That's that was kind of my idea when I was younger as well. So yeah, it's a hard it's it's a hard uh, place. I feel like especially when it comes to my dress up, darling. I don't know if you had like stronger thoughts about it overall, Gracie. On I that. am generally against any sort of fan service towards underage girls. I think I. For me is I can't help but feel that it's predatory is why. And I know that one common uh, criticism or one common rebuttal from the people who are like, oh, it should be here is that, oh, it's drawn by women. So it's okay, you know, because women drew it. That makes it okay. But I was just like, I don't agree with that you know like there are there are women who are speaking against themselves all the time there are women who still support the idea of a 14 year old with an elvis presley age you know let's be honest here so so it's just like so i think like using the fact that a woman wrote these fan service doesn't make it okay heck i'll i'll even tell this story that went uh viral on on japan twitter is that um this woman she i think she's a mangaka too she recorded her um she recorded her nephew's voice her nephew is like 14 or something like that so uh his voice hasn't quite developed yet and she put it into ai and she essentially sells a service where women can write her messages that they want the AI with her younger nephew's voice to say. And there are some pretty disgusting things that they wanted that a young 14 year old boy voice to say. So if we're going to say like, oh, so women did this so that that makes it okay. Well, women also did that. And that is definitely not okay. (laughs) So Oh, yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. So it's just like, so I don't think that's an um, that's an applicable defense at all. And I think as a whole, it might just be, so I was lucky in the fact that as a whole, I would say like my body is very flat. It's very stick-like is what I, is what I like to describe myself. But I do have a lot of friends who, um, you know, who grew up with their body coming in at quite an early age. And the story of like the stories of them being sexualized at such a young age, I think when we show fan service of teenage girls, it doesn't help that mindset. Like if anything, like that's the mindset we want people to stop having. It's like, hey, that is a teenage girl. You should not be looking at her like a woman to be to to like grab or like a woman to have by your side. But as long as we keep showing these fan service shots of teenage girls. I just feel like we're just saying, but we should be like, you know, but we can see them as women. We can see their body as womanly sort of thing. And that just sits really wrong with me because um, because I'm not okay with it because of the stories of my friends who were sexualized at a very young age grew up with. Uh, and I and I and like I said, that's that's one of the my biggest issues with that my love story with Yamada and I I think Isabel you saw like the angry comments on my tweet in that regard where I wrote about how like the later half of the series when they started to 
do actual fan service shots of the girl of Yamada's body, it like really grossed me out even more so because she's a middle schooler in that one. She's not even she's not even in high school. And um, and in, in a lot of the comments of guys were just like um, either they're like, oh, it's not a big deal. And then some of the better ones were like, well, I was able to brush it aside. I mean, it sucks, but, you know, it, it doesn't matter. But it's like it does. I think it actually in my opinion, I think it so <laughs> oh yeah yeah and those comments too they like say something like you know oh it's just fictional it doesn't matter these characters aren't real but you know I don't, yeah, yeah that's 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 a that comment is basically stupid because at that point it's like everybody's influenced by fiction so mm-hmm. what you put on screen you should be aware of the things that you are putting on screen can be viewed by other people that you don't intend it to be viewed to anyway yeah exactly so um, all right, well, I guess let's move on to a happier topic. Was I'm also curious if there's any sort of unique anime when it comes to fan service that has just sourced it out to you and like you just actually are okay with it. So, one that stood out to me, for example, is Food Wars. Um, I don't know why. I am like, str- oh, I draw the line of Food really? Wars. <laughs> I just I, why I still haven't I'm watched strangely it. Strangely okay with it, <laughs> and I think it's like. It's like there's several elements to it because like one element is that I I get the whole take that it's a food gasm, which, you know, that's an actual thing that a lot of people talk about when a food is so good. It's like your orgasm. Mm -hmm. So it's a food gasm. So I kind of thought that was a funny way to show it. But then the other thing is I did strangely appreciate that it is like not withheld to just the women. Like the men get fancier shots right, as well. Right, right. Yeah. And I know that because my friend uh, from college who was gay, he loved Food Wars because of all the times he could go gaga over the men's bodies in that anime. And so he especially like Gin, I think, were in one of the uh, episodes where Soma um reach the hot the hot baths or uh, sorry the um oh what are they called oh gosh what are they called the the yes the onsen baths and again uh, was there he was like completely naked and you just see his like full glory of <laughs> muscles and someone was like oh because <laughs> it just threw him off because he didn't expect someone to be there and i remember that moment because of the fact that like my friend uh, immediately messaged me after that episode was like oh that was so hot <laughs> you know like that's thing and i was like food wars is like one of those weird unique fan service anime to me where it's like i'm actually okay with it because of how weirdly equal it is amongst all the genders it's not just the girls who get it; it's the guys as well and it's like and they don't relegate it to the whole like oh teenage purity thing no the adults get it too so it's like so level and treatment and equal treatment of fan service that i don't even mind it anymore so that's my example of like sort of a weird unique fan service situation in anime i've had and i'm curious if any of you guys had like an anime with fan service where it's like you would think you're not okay with it and yet somehow you are because of I don't know like I I've hear I've heard a lot of time with high school of the dead it's just so ridiculous that it's just you you just don't take it seriously anymore like something like that <laughs> yeah I can see why people would say high school of the dead I would say mine is golden comely oh you're right mm, yes. because golden yeah. comely is just riddled with dick jokes I think the funnier thing is like Japan really likes to do like sneak peek type of like 
embarrassing, etchy hentai stuff, but they're not bold enough to do dick jokes, which is a very common thing here in the US. So I see a lot of dick jokes in Golden Kamui and guys being very gay in Golden Kamui that I'm just like, this is funny. I actually like this quite a bit. And that's why I'm able to like brush it off with Golden Kamui. In addition to like Golden Kamui having um winning one of the the the, the manga awards, I think back in like 2000, 2019 or something like that. Um, and just general, and did the mangaka also generally being a very weird person in general in all of his interviews? So that's why I'm able to brush off Golden Kamui as like a massive fan servicey thing that is something that the Japanese don't typically do. But I, as an American, think it's very funny. Actually, so. you know, with your um, with your mention of Golden Kamui specifically in dick jokes, that even reminds me when Shauna first went to Anime Expo, she purposefully checked out the head tie, like the R8, R plus 18 stalls to see what's in there because she was curious and she's never seen it before. And she came back to me and she was like, Gracie, there were naked boobs everywhere and yet there was not a single dick. Why? <laughs> Yeah, they always censor the dick, and I'm just like, Lamau, if you're going to go full out with the boobs, you might as well do it with the dick, but no, they can't. (laughs) That's what it reminds me of. What I find interesting, what I find interesting with Golden Kamui is that it's mangaka is so incredibly perverse that it's funny and awkward in his interviews, but it's like, he makes everybody uncomfortable, so there's like no discrimination whatsoever there. He says in Alana's interview, there's one famous one where they ask like, oh, what do you like to do on your free time? Or like, oh, what do you think about before you go to sleep? And he comes up with like these weird, absurd comments of like, I count sperm in my sleep. And I'm like, my dude, how the hell do you count sperm in your sleep? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, but dude, how do you count sperm in your sleep? And everyone's just like, how does your wife feel about you making like all these dick jokes and like these men in Golden Kami? And he's like, my wife edits my stuff and she's fine with it. And I'm just like, what a queen <laughs> at that point. Like, funnily enough, like, Golden Kamui is, like, so weirdly perverse that it weirds everybody else out. But in a way, like, it's done so well that everyone, like, kind of just accepts it. I think one of my friends, she has never watched Golden Kamui before, but she started watching it. And she finally got to the scene in season three where Asirpa's eyelid gets stuck on Sugimoto's coat because his buttons are made of metal. Have you you've seen this scene before, right, Gracie? (laughs) Yeah, and then and then they decide that the best way to get it off of her was to pee on her, right? And it's like it's just a, it's just like a completely outlandish thing to even add in any part of the anime. But when you think about it, it's like, is there even a way to just remove that from out of context? Question mark. But then it just becomes a funnier gag um, with even with it in context. And if you take out all of that in context, it's just out of it, out of context. It's like it never happened in the first place. So I don't know. It depends also on your gag sense of humor too. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, I, that's a good. That's another good example. Okay, so that's yours. What about yours, Isabel? Is there any unique sort of situation of an anime of fan service that you wanted that you have? Oh yeah, for sure. And you know, I thought I had seen it all with uh, Kintama oh in terms of dick jokes, but then, <laughs> when I watched when I watched Golden Kamui, that that was like I had to like yeah, I had to think about it. Again. I'm like, oh well, we we can go somewhere else with these jokes, and we can think of very outlandish thing so that was interesting to me and actually my choice would have been well, as well. um, okay. yeah just because i at first i was really off put by it i really didn't like the uh fan service shots in food wars when i first started watching it but then when i realized that this happens equally between men and women and 
it became kind of like a comedy point mm-hmm. in the series. I thought that was great. Uh, and then the fact that I guess it's kind of also kind of like how good the food is meter for me because I can't taste it while watching it, obviously. So I kind of rely on those shots to see how good it is. <laughs> um, but yeah, the other choice I had uh, that I was actually okay with is Konosuba. Oh, okay. And... Oh, Konosuba's yeah. a good one, yeah. In particular, towards the second season. In the first season, there wasn't too much fan service, and so I was like, I, w- I was there mostly for the comedy, and I think in season two, they kind of like ramped it up a little bit more. And at first, I was off-put by it again, um, but then it kind of became more of like the butt of the jokes uh, in terms of how the girls acted um, in front of the main character, and so I found it funny, and I found it more accepting. Like, it d- doesn't matter what type of shot it was, like, there, it was always accompanied by something obviously very ridiculous whether it's you know shooting magic and then um or just something very simple on their adventures it just made it more fun for me and so i was more appreciative of the fan service shots and the fact that's part of the comedy of the show as well so yeah konosuba definitely is one that i always go, go back to in terms of comedy and it's funny you say that because mm-hmm. literally the other day I just saw a clip of Konosuba where it was like Darkness's chest getting like flicked by this giant yeah. robot and it looked <laughs> ridiculous and basically they're like, we should help her. And they're like, wait, I think she's enjoying it. What do we do? Do we help her? And so is mm-hmm. that like from the second season as well? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, that, that, seems, that seems really funny as well. Yeah, Darkness likes that. So it's like do they yeah and then becomes like a joke like like you said there where like do do we save her or not she's just there it's yeah it becomes really funny darkness gets a lot of the uh scenes though i feel like though is like that was the whole gag (laughs) yeah she is she's yeah she's basically yeah (laughs) trash for it i feel like (laughs) all right um okay well i think that's really all i have in regards to the questions we only have a few minutes left but did you guys have any specific questions you guys wanted to ask each other on of of your overall thoughts for fan service no i don't have any specific questions do you isabel i had one uh just because uh, i was thinking about romance series and you know how there's always that scene where like the girl or the guy like accidentally falls on the one on someone else oh yes uh-huh <laughs> i think that's kind of like couple or like you know potential romance type fan service uh, I, I, th- I think it's always cheesy because i see this in dramas all the time and in any anime it's always like a scene too but no matter how many times i see it i'm always like oh my god what could happen or like how are they gonna look at each other or something like that or even when they get embarrassed and get up and like oh i didn't mean that or something i i always fall for it i always like those scenes for some reason what do you guys think oh i don't care as much for that trope but i do like the common don't trope that's my guilty trope the what trope the common don't the Kamedon. Oh, Kamedon. Yeah, I like the Kamedon yes, trope more, uh, too. I, I, I don't know why. It gets my heart racing every time. <laughs> so. I think for me, the falling into another person trope just makes me think, like, girl, did you trip on air or you're, like, naturally klutzy? So that, like, has, like, a weird, like, no no more suspension of disbelief type of thing. But I do like the Kamedon a lot more. I see. Uh, yeah, no, I, I'm the same way with... Uh, sorry, Isabel. But yeah, I think... Oh, so as a teenager, I really liked that trope. I don't know when. I can't really pinpoint exactly when, but I just remember there was one point where I suddenly was just like, I don't know. I'm kind of over it. <laughs> so and then it, it shifted over to the whole wall, wall <laughs> the arm wall thing. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe my my taste just intensified and that's it. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but I guess like, do you consider that to be fan service? 
I don't know. I think it is in terms of, you know, this is a scene that they want to see. Like, because, you know, I'm like frustrated when they're not getting together or it's not moving anywhere. So when they accidentally fall on each other, uh, in my mind, I'm like, okay, we're moving somewhere with this. Something is happening. And re- in reality, something might not be happening. It's just an accident. It's just like a little scene together, really. Okay, I see. Um, okay. Well, then in that case, I think that we've covered all that we wanted to say about fan service. So thank you everyone for listening. I know it, it bounced around a little more this time than our usual topics, but I hope you enjoyed our discussion. And let us know if you agree or disagree in the comments, or you can uh, tweet at us at girltaku underscore AT. And other than that, we will be back next week with another fun topic. So bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye.